You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Mira, I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Hi everyone, today I'm joined by Sudanju, Shias and Roy to discuss how to build an effective team. Before we explore today's topic, I'll get everyone to introduce themselves. Sudanju, if you wanted to start. Thanks, Mira. Um, hey everyone, my name is Sudanshu Bishra. I'm an engineering manager at OFX. Um, OFX are in the currency transfer business. I've been with uh, OFX for about uh, three years and a bit. Um, I come from a, a strong engineering background, so I've been a, a developer, uh, then went on to lead teams and then moved on to engineering management. I've been around this space for about two decades now. And in that time, I've seen uh, a lot of changes in technology uh, all the way to where uh, a lot of people profess that the next stage would be AI coding instead of humans. <laughs> Thanks so much. And Shia Sevier wanted to take over. Yep. Hi, everyone. Um, myself, Shia. So I'm working as an engineering manager at TapCorp. Uh, we are into wagering business where we provide um, op- options for placing bets and in app, mobile apps, website, and in IVR technology. So it's um, more about multiple platforms we provide. I've been working in this um, IT industry for last 16 years, um, have worked in different technologies, have seen things changing every five years. Every five years, you get something new to look into. Um, the recent one I would refer to was Flatec Technology, which is fairly bit new in the last four years. And one of the key highlights, uh, which I want to call out, learning always, um, always learning something new. And it's um, Flutter. We did a massive migration of the tab application to Flutter as well. So yeah, uh, what I'm passionate about is technology and people. So in technology, there's always an option to learn something new every day. Thank you. Thanks so much. And Roy. Hi, everyone. My name is Roy Gandhi. I'm the engineering team lead at Shell Energy. I started with engineering background about nearly 20 years ago and then moved to project management. In the last few years, I found a passion in two of my old, uh, you know, uh, interesting uh, areas. One is the environmental and the other is technology. Uh, so within while I'm in uh, energy reduction, energy efficiency, and also decarbonization, where we help our customers to reduce their carbon footprint, helps the environment in general. But in doing so, we also uh, do often get to improve their technologies. Uh, my passion is actually is Industry 4.0 revolution, which we are at the you know beginning of this era and also IoT, Internet of Things, and industrial IoT, uh, which helps the customers to have a visual uh, understanding of what's happening in their you know, assets and analyze the data and uh, basically come up with better solutions to improve their processes and also their efficiencies. Amazing. Thank you so much. We will jump into the questions for today around building an effective team. I think it'd be best to first discuss the definition of an effective team and how do we measure it? Yeah, I can um, start. So I think uh, when when I started um, in, the, in the people management space, um, 
their work. If I can steal a line from uh, a very popular big book, um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, um, it, it says that teamwork is the ultimate competitive advantage. Um, and an example that uh, you know I can recollect is from the from the field of sport, where uh, data proves that a a coherent group of um, basketball players regularly trumps a team of in, incoherent team of superstars. So that's when you know I started mulling about how or what makes a team efficient um, versus um, there are just a group of people who've, who just accidentally happen to be in one place. So to me, an effective team um, is defined by the impact that they are creating. You can give them a problem, give them the autonomy to come out with a solution, and just with broad stroke directions, they can arrive at a, a solution and run with it. Um, and from what I've observed, some of the ways that help especially in the information technology area, um, is having a codified um, way of working. So for example, in, in agile teams, I've seen a definition of ready and a definition of done, which is codified. And um, right, it's also a living document that uh, evolves when the team's uh, challenges evolve. Yes, I pretty much agree with um, Sudanshu here. So it's more about, you know, coming into, you know, being a good team player. So how the team is built effectively into solving some problem, right? So um, so the first part of it, uh, it comes to like kind of what is the definition of being effective, right? Because it can be changing from organization to organization, depends upon the kind of things that you're doing. and probably uh, it's more also in terms of what's the benefit for the team, right? So we need to also look at from the team's perspective because at, at any given point of time, um, the team is working so hard and they are putting all the effort into getting what they are supposed to be delivering. But when it comes to defining, saying that, okay, this, is, this defines a team's effectiveness. This is why we are doing this. And this is the outcome. So it's more, not only about the product outcomes, not only about what the organization want from the team, it's also about, you know, kind of what the team is benefiting out of it, right? So it can be um, the, their career goals, um, their aspirations, the challenges they're facing, because a team can be effective as much, but then it can be boring if they are keep repeatedly doing the same thing again and again. So it's all comes into the boundary of like being why and how do we measure? And as Sudanshu mentioned, when we take few metrics, right? When it comes to the agile methodology, we look into mapping the effectiveness of team with the story points that's been, you know, burned in every sprint to sprint, right? Which will look like, okay, we are in a feature factory where in which, okay, every person will be looked at how many story points this particular person is being delivered, but we are not actually looking at the value outcome out of it, right? Um, how, have we, how are we improving the way we are doing, right? Because we could be delivering 30 or 40 points in the previous sprint, but down the line six months, we shouldn't be targeting, uh, okay, that 30% increase in story points, right? So it's more about 
um, as an engineering practice, how things are coordinated, what the team benefiting out of it, team being happy, um, healthy in their workplace. That's the key part of uh, ensuring, okay, this is the way how the team should be more effective, then we can look into more bigger challenges and more new things in the future. Thanks, Reyes. I think you said 70% of what I was about to say, so <laughs> thanks for making my life life easier. I totally agree with you. If, if we define a team as a group of people who are um, trying to achieve a target or an organizational objective, um, we also should look into the internal and personal aspirations of each team member. And to me, the effective team is that where uh, the objective of the uh, organization or the target is aligned with personal aspirations of the uh, team member. So um, each person within the team has its own uh, you know, personal um, achievements, uh, goals, and targets. Uh, plus, as a team, they also uh, look like to, you know, having a collaborative, healthy uh, environment, a nice workplace. Uh, I always say we spend uh, a quarter and a prime quarter of our life as the absolute minimum in the workplace. So from eight to four or five, it's a prime time. After that, we either are sleeping or exhausted. Um, <laughs> so if we don't enjoy what we're doing, uh, then there is no way that you can keep a team, uh, you know, sustainable. Even so, you hit all the requirements, all the targets required by the organization and hit the deadline, you achieve all the KPIs required. Yeah, very, very nicely uh, put, Roy. Um, I completely agree. We spend a lot of time, a lot of productive time with, uh, with our workmates. So it is important that we are in a place and we're doing what we all enjoy. Now, um, just picking up the point around metrics, uh, I kind of echo what she has uh, said earlier. Uh, story points don't really measure the effectiveness. They might measure um, the output of the team, which is not directly and sometimes at uh, at loggerheads, if you will, which is you know, almost counterintuitive that you're producing more but actually not getting anywhere. So one of the things I've found, uh, sort of my distilled version of uh, what I like to call four pillars for building effective teams. Um, and if I can enumerate them, skill is, is prime. Uh, the team needs to have the right skills for the job, and they, they need to have avenues to acquire skills because we are in such a day and age where the needs of the job change dynamically, so they should have avenues to acquire skills as the need arises. Now, the next one, is clarity and clarity of outcomes. What is it that they need to be need to get done? Um, and following that, um, as important is a culture. So a culture where you know there is autonomy to pursue that outcome um, in whatever way the team sees fit, without a, without any need for micromanagement. And finally, uh, feedback and. The feedback needs to be two ways. The team gives feedback to each other and should also have the safety to give feedback to the leader. Yeah, that's a, a good 
couple of points you mentioned there, Sudanshu. Like, I was looking into what are the four pillars of mine, and are you just repeating mine? So, can I pick something from what you said? But uh, one of the points you mentioned is autonomy, right? Um, that's really key for the team members because everyone, including engineering managers or even the team members, like autonomy is one thing that everyone would love to be achieving that place based on, say, for example, based on their skill set. And that builds and that answers one of the questions which I had in mind, why why we need to focus more on the effectiveness, having building an effective team is more about Say, for example, then only we can have any scalable system. So all the baseline is like once we have an effective team built, then it's just a matter of replicating the same method. And like we would say, once we have one high performer or, or outlier within the team, we just look for asking, requesting him to clone himself, right? That's one thing we say, clone yourself, right? So we have more effective teams and we give them the autonomy and you know the responsibilities and all the necessary support to ensure that okay they have everything what they want to achieve uh, which are again in line with organizational goals so it's the end result is like it's a win-win situation for both the organization and the teams right so eventually it's like we can do more challenging projects bigger things so that's the autonomy is one important aspect of how we build an effective team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And um, I guess why is it important for an organization then to focus on building effective teams, would you say, Roy? Um, I think, as I said, the business is trying to get to the objective of like the business, but also they want to be sustainable. So you don't want to have a, like a short term, you know, success. Um, I, you would agree with me that any business wants to not only be sustainable, but also grow over time. And if you don't have a uh, sustainable uh, and effective teams, you won't be able to maintain that for a long run. Uh, plus, as uh, Sudanisho mentioned uh, about the competitiveness in a uh, market as well. Yeah, you, you, every day you're trying to outcompete the, uh, you know, other companies, other technologies coming into board. Uh, you want to be able to get to this, like you know, financial and technological war with the competitors. Uh, you need to have a proper, you know, ambition uh, to basically. Uh, evolve yourself as a uh, you know successful company but also as a technology leader or as a uh, you know successful in their field so i think the bricks of this massive uh, building are the effective teams um, there's no doubt about it yeah I, I love the fact around sustainability so you know we we frequently and, and even more so post-pandemic than was the case before, read these uh, articles on people burning out. Mm. Um, and that's where I think um, an effective team gives people the, the cushion where if someone happens to fall into um, a state where they're feeling burnt out, they have the safety to call out. And uh, another important thing, um, you know, in that goes towards making the team effective is is peer-to-peer -peer accountability. So the team holding each other accountable and in an ideal world, no one 
gets burnt out. Um, and if I can add, add the aspect of um, motivation, um, once the team knows why, uh, why they are pursuing an objective, um, I, I guess in a lot of ways, you, you can leverage intrinsic motivation of pursuing a shared goal in order to make the team effective and everyone taking on that responsibility of, of keeping each other motivated and working towards the goal. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, two things you guys mentioned there, um, Roy and Sudanshu. One thing is about sustainability. I was thinking about the sustainability aspect as well as one another one thing you mentioned is about the why of what we are doing, right? Because that's what usually we discuss about. Um, say, for example, a given squad or a, whether we follow, follow Spotify model or Agile methodology, what usually we tend to is like focusing on delivering something within a given timeline and we tell the team to okay deliver this right but then taking a step back and shifting the viewpoint the team should start to looking into why are we doing this right i mean in terms of what is the value add for the customer what is the mm -hmm. impact that we are going to bring in terms of both the customer benefit whether in terms of organizational um, goals etc so the team should actually start thinking about why we're doing this first before getting into the details of what, how to do it, right? Usually we end up jumping into uh, the details of how do we do it, right? We keep the why part of aside, probably yeah, to someone else to think about it. But then the team get more motivated and engaged with the product, what they're building um, with the why factor. And sustainability, definitely uh, what you mentioned is like one of the key thing because and it's also relates to the metrics that we um, use for identifying whether a team is effective or not, which one example we talked about the sprint velocity and sprint points, etc. Because the more we focus on the sprint velocity, it's like we end up burning out the team members, right? Sometimes we need to take a pause. Sometimes we need to take a step back, see how differently we can do things, and maybe we need to slow down. That means we can't go with the sprint velocity metrics, which is more sustainable um, over a long period of time. Thank you. I think we can all agree that sustainability is a key factor. Definitely. I'd, um, I'd also uh, pick one of the points Roy had mentioned around the fact that we spend a lot of time at work and a lot of our prime time. Um, it just so happens that uh, there is data to prove that um, team that spends quality time together, just like any other group of people, is, is more effective. Um, and some of the ways that I've found useful in my experiences is um, pairing. Um, sometimes you might have, uh, you know, the tendency, especially on people who haven't been close to technology, on sort of counting the number of peoples and multiplying the output they would have for from individuals, and then arriving at a perception of how much output ought to be produced out of a group of people. But what I've found is that um, it, it doesn't uh, always work in the interest of the team to just use mathematics. Sometimes you need to leverage the human aspect where 
a couple of people working on a task are way more productive and produce heaps better quality than one person running with it all by themselves. Yeah, I think that leads quite well, I guess, into our next question on how to maintain engagement within team team members. I think I can start with that is um, just referring to the discussions we've had so far. If we are agreeing on what a uh, effective team is, uh, we simply should just provide uh, the infrastructure, the uh, you know, uh, the requirements of that uh, effective team. So if we agree that uh, sustainability and having a sort of a like a mateship spread within the group as well as doing professional job is what a effective team is, uh, the answer to the question is okay. Just generate more, you know, mateship spread. Uh, uh, generate more create a you know friendly environment if we think that the healthy uh, collaboration is a key uh, healthy collaboration i call it an even healthy uh, competitiveness within the team if we agree that it's a uh, that's one of the you know kpis for a effective team so let's just create that the question is how um, i think it's a, it comes down and this is probably the most important um, item in uh, the team leader or the team manager's list is, um, you know, how to create it. I think it's, you know, the majority of the responsibility falls into his or her shoulder uh, to do it. Um, uh, I, I found it uh, uh, to sometimes split a uh, task between the two uh, is not actually the answer try to get two people to work on one simple uh, uh, say uh, problem uh, even if you know that one is capable even if you know that you might save time doing it so uh, try to work with the team members uh, try to basically uh, bring them across the journey and understand them learn them know them and once you know them, then you know their objectives. They know they basically uh, uh, targets within like their personal aspirations. And then once you know that, uh, you can actually uh, try to help them to achieve those aspirations whilst delivering the uh, say um, objectives of the business or organization within the team. Um, I think that's these are the items that you could you could um, you know help to create that environment and atmosphere. Um, so I, I'd say you know we we can uh, get some clues from evolutionary science here. Um, humans by default copy each other, and more so if they are in close contact, which happens to be the case in teams. Um, so now to that point. Um, almost uh, flows through the, the leader. So if the leader shows engagement in what the team is doing, uh, it shows genuine interest in, in people and um, facilitating um, the team, it flows through. And I'd also like to pick up uh, the point Roy mentioned around um, constructive conflict. So in, in a few teams I've observed there is what would typically be called pseudo harmony. Uh, people do not uh, agree or have a have a differing opinion, but they either feel um, not safe enough or 
not confident enough to present that view. And effectively, the output uh, that the team is producing is of lower quality. So uh, it is very important to encourage that constructive feed, uh, constructive conflict. And um, what sort of goes hand in hand is have everyone have the chance to be heard, but uh, also have a culture where once a decision is made, everyone sort of buys in. Um, so if if I can summarize that, you know, consensus is, is not a requirement, but once a decision is made, everyone uh, brings their 100% in pursuit of that goal. And Roy, a um, couple of things which I was picking up from what you said was facilitating healthy competition, mm -hmm. And uh, you just mentioned also about have everyone have their voice heard, right? So that was one of the key things which we uh, at Corp try to do. It's like having more engagement is like getting the taking the feedback from the team, right? Rather than telling the team to uh, telling the team what to do, uh, we more taking the feedback from the team, doing some um, sometimes at the org level, sometimes at the individual team level and looking into aspects of what do we want to do actually right to do more interesting stuff yes most of the time um the day-to-day -day projects might be boring but then there are there's no one single solution to keep the team engaged right we might need to do various things and a couple of things what we do at uh Tabcop is like say for example we do hackathons and when we do hackathons is like it's all driven like the team take a decision what they want to do like the we find and one of the points you mentioned is facilitating, right? And as an engineering manager, it's our role and responsibility to facilitate what um, ensuring, okay, they get an opportunity to do that. And the team come back with some magnificent ideas that they want to implement, probably related to the product, probably outside the product. And we had some good uh, outcomes out of it at TabCorp, one of our biggest implementation i would say related to telephone implementation we started with alexa a um, couple of years before it was part of our hackathon someone was interested to do okay how do i um, enhance the tab applications with using the alexa technology and which eventually became a big part of a learning pre-learning or pre-work for a big migration project what we have been doing and yeah, um, some other things what we do is kind of, you know, AWS game days, that refers to the healthy competitions in terms of, we look into the aspects of, okay, whether we take some theme for AWS game days, whether it's security aspects, data protection, et cetera. And it's kind of a healthy competition among different teams. So it's kind of a sporty model we bring in, okay, mm -hmm. individuals can form their own group, compete each other, end of day you get some, uh, rewards as well as in terms of, you know, you understand, okay, you get some challenging tasks from someone uh, from AWS team as well coming to the office. So a lot of things for engagement. It's end of the day, it's all team. How do we uh, keep them engaged? How do they get more challenging things to do? And it touch base all this facilitating healthy competition, empowering the team members, yeah, to do what they want to do. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Lots of fun ideas there. Lots of lots of things, and I actually want to talk more about yeah, trying to minimize uh, when we say about have everyone have the chance to be heard. Right, that's actually one really important point, because what usually happen is um, 
some team members probably may not be very active in you know coming forward and talking for themselves in more in public but they might have done some amazing work so what we do is like kind of you know empowering that's why i come to that it's like empowering that team member to come forward and present it in front of everyone else right so that's why that he or she will be so proud of what he has achieved and present in front of everyone and that's like taking turn right so that's more of that adds some engagement for the team as well giving them, yeah. giving them the feel that they contributed to the overall success of a business or organization is is amazing yeah. i mean everyone yeah. um, gets that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think um, another important thing i found that um, drives engagement is is trust so trust in in a lot of ways is the glue that binds the team together uh, if team members trust each other and trust that um what is being done is in the best interest of the team and their pursuit of the goal it goes a <clears throat> goes a long way in um creating those bonds where everyone is willing to go the extra mile some great points there especially regarding recognition and the importance of leadership engagement that has a flow on effect um we will go on to our last question, which is post-COVID, how do you balance working from home and delivery of jobs? Uh, Shias, I'll get your thoughts on that first. Yeah, I think uh, let me pick that up, uh, particularly because Sudanshu mentioned about the trust, right? Because trust is the key factor. Uh, when we work during the post-COVID, uh, everyone working remotely, working from home, even um, traveling um, from different geographical locations, right? So trust is the key player there. Um, we also need to understand uh, the team. Um, the, what I have seen is the organization is more flexible, understanding each individual's need. And uh, we work it out within the team itself because a team with 10 or 30 or 40 team members, we can have same rule applied for everyone. Every, every individual will have their own timeframes, priorities to look into. So it comes down to more of how the flexibility and uh, the trust that we give within the team. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. So what I've, I found worked for us um, after we shifted to this um, remote first um, and sometimes mixed with the hybrid working model is um, Clarity, uh, as I, I had mentioned, is very, very important. People need to know what is what is um, what is it that they're working towards, and uh, have a a process and a structure around how do they communicate progress. Now, to the point she has mentioned, uh, I, I've got team members who work from different time zones, and sometimes they have uh, they only have like a couple of hours of overlap with us. So we, we've got forums in which they can post their updates or ask questions. And um, if they had uh, to raise a concern, again, we've got processes and structures. So if you don't leave a lot, a uh, lot of guesswork, uh, I found it creates um, almost a, a perpetual machine where um, work comes in and um, an outcome gets shipped out. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So having yeah, Roy, you go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Mira in your know, thanks, um, Shias. Uh, I think Mira, the word balance was the key in your question because it's really a balance. Whilst um, you know connecting the subject to what we discussed, uh, you know, uh, in your previous questions. Um, whilst this you know flexibility of the work uh, provides a little bit of. Uh, uh, you know, um, self-management for the team members, and uh, and therefore uh, it may contribute to their, you know, um, happiness of uh, working within an, any organization. And in you know, often cases, it doesn't really put a dent on a organization uh, performance. It could provide some challenges in a sense that. We were earlier talking about, you know, more interaction within the team, a little bit of mateship and friendship, and that does not really uh, uh, happen in a, you know, uh, virtual uh, meetings or a virtual, uh, you know, conversations and email. People need to basically interact to each other, face-to-face meeting, uh, discussions, anything happening in the office. So I think that balancing is really crucial. Uh, a lot of businesses have been uh, uh, transitioning from, say, full-time office work to sort of a, like a hybrid work environment. And infrastructure-wise and technology-wise has been sorted and everyone's got re- really good, you know, uh, set up at home that he could technically work. Um, I think the psychological impact of this uh, part has not been uh, realized or fully realized yet. Uh, people working home with different uh, skill set in terms of the time management. And I think the one of the important responsibilities for any uh, team leader in these environments is to identify if there is any you know potential risk or potential issue, not necessarily from organization point, but also individually as well and uh, trying to find a smart solution for it. Um, I think it's, generally speaking, it's it's good, and it's basically giving a little bit of flexibility to everyone's life, uh, but at the same time, it could potentially be challenging, and that needs to be monitored. Yeah, that's really great. So, yeah, uh, you mentioned about the hybrid model, right? So the yes, definitely Oaks looking into the hybrid model. And uh, it's not everyone like to be completely working from home, right? Because coming to office also has its own uh, benefit. So that's why that mix is coming, which I want to highlight is because when when team comes to office, productivity wise, we cannot say that okay, more work gets done at office or at home. Uh, but it's more how the team is flexible because at home I can see it's not uh, being just nine to five, right? So um, with individual preferences, there might be some priority during the daytime, which the team member actually is ready to pick up things, whether early morning or late night, they manage their own time. End of the day, what it matters is they perform the role what they were supposed to, right? And it all comes down to the trust. And the second part, which I was talking about hybrid model is, um, the benefits of coming to office. We usually go there. It's more um, easy to collaborate. Maybe probably we um, put all those meetings on a, those specific days when we go to office. So it's easy to have that conversation. Probably we go for a coffee or for a lunch. And even during that, we don't have to actually 
digitally book someone's time in a calendar. It's really hard to find someone being everyone at home, trying to find each other's time and space in a calendar. But at office, you know, it's far too easy. And yeah, it's good to connect with people and know uh, new team members joining. So it's all hybrid model really works. Yeah, I think as well with um, especially that was the point actually someone brought up today. One of my contractors is just like it is a bit difficult when you join a team and you've never met anyone trying to have conversations over teams when you actually haven't had that interaction in person. So I think possibly it's all good for people who have met in person before and then gone into this fully remote role. But it can for some people be a bit of a struggle. It's yeah, just getting that balance right, as we said which is good. But yeah, thank you everyone for joining today. And I think we'll leave it there because we could keep going on for hours. But thanks again, Shias, Roy and Siranju for joining today. And thanks to our listeners. And we'll see everyone on the next episode of the Evolution Exchange.